All right, everybody, say good morning, good morning, good morning, a good chodesh. What an incredible schos, Baruch Hashem, to be able to start the new month with a beautiful, beautiful daf of Mesechas and the Darim. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors, our Tamatora sponsors, for the month of Kislev, Haba Alinu Litova, Josh and Becca Friedman, for dedicating all of the Shiurim and Drushos this month, Le'ilu Nishmas, Josh's father, Yisrael Yehuda Benarav Chaim Rafael, to commemorate his yard site on Rosh Chodesh Kislev. He worked hard to support his family and quietly sponsored opportunities for mitzvos and Torah learning whenever possible. Truly beautiful. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev, Sammy and Malka Esterson, for dedicating all the Shiurim this month in memory of their parents, Ludwig Steve. Yitzchok Leib ben Aaron Akoin, Sarah Stiefel, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, and Hinda Esterson, Hinda Bas Henach Ephraim. And in honor of Emir Hashem health and continued gesund for their father, Mr. Morton Esterson, Emir Hashem Admea Ve'esim Shanim Tovos. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an aliyah. Mr. Esterson will enjoy incredible gesund and nachas from his family, Admea Ve'esim Shanim Tovos. But with that, let us begin. First of all, again, what a... A good chodesh, a happy Thanksgiving. I say it's important, you know. Thanksgiving is always one. I grew up in a family where the truth is we always celebrated Thanksgiving, and it's such. Whether you celebrate Thanksgiving, don't celebrate Thanksgiving. First of all, you know people like to say every day is Thanksgiving. I always say it. That's like saying every day is Mother's Day, right? Sure, every day is Mother's Day, and I'm not going to take a show of hands of how many people treat their mother or had when their mother was here like like it was Mother's Day. So, of course, a, a person is supposed to have hoda'ah and gratitude for everything we have each and every day. But Lamaisa, we don't do it every day. So at least take some time out on a, on a day like today. First of all, to have incredible gratitude for the country in which we live in. And have incredible gratitude that although we are not yet truly home in Eretz Yisrael, halavai, one day we should be zochet to be there together, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us a galos, that is a galos, but Baruch Hashem in a country that has allowed us to flourish in such incredibly beautiful and dramatic ways. And for that, we must be filled with incredibly profound gratitude. And take it as a day, as an opportunity, just as a launch pad to focus on Hakar Satov that we have to have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for all the beautiful things in life. There's not one of us here doesn't, that doesn't have things that are broken or in state of disrepair. But I would venture to say that for everything that's broken in state of disrepair, there's at least two other things that are working well and Baruch Hashem functioning as they should. And sometimes we lose sight of the good because of the challenges. And today, especially today, none of you are working except for me, right? So, so you know, at the end of the day, a day when kind of you're freed from the other responsibilities in the world. You know, to be able just to take a few moments of his bodedus and to thank the Ribbon Shalom for the beautiful brachos that each of us have in life. So whether you eat turkey or not, whatever, that's up to you. Right? But, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa to tap in to the spirit of gratitude. You know, sometimes there's like a, there's like a vibe. So today, today, like in this country, there, there's a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of gratitude. And we have to ride that wave in our personal lives as well and find, again, at least a few things to be makir tov to our loved ones for, and most of all, to be makir tov to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for. Amen. Also, welcome. A very special welcome, Baruch Hashem, to some of our long-time devoted DAF attendees who are podcast listeners. To welcome Mr. Fader from Eretz Yisrael, who Baruch Hashem is, is joining us. Such an incredible schluss to have you. To welcome Dr. Weissman from Crossland Road, who's, uh, who's joining us, Baruch Hashem. So, you know, it's like Kibbutz Goliath. So everyone, everyone is coming, Baruch Hashem. Such an incredible schluss. So, we'll say with that, 
let us begin. We have a really, really beautiful daf ahead of us today. So today's daf is daf lamid. Sorry, getting a little bit of a later start. Today's daf is daf lamid. We are picking up Emir Hashem on Chavtesimah Beis 29b. And we left off three lines up from the bottom. Yosef Rabbi Avon Rabbi Yitzchak Barabi Kamit Rabbi Yermia. Let's listen to this story. So what happened? So I'll say, by the way, j- just to reorient ourselves a little bit. Remember, again, we're focusing on one simple case. What's the case? I have natios. I have saplings. What did I do? I was, we're, t- we're talking now about case number two in the Mishnah. So case two in the Mishnah was, I say that my saplings should be, called, should be a carbon, all right, until I cut them down. So what's the halacha? What's the, so the Mishnah said, they have no redemption. So we had a machlokis, barpanda and ula as to what exactly that meant. It seemed to be everyone agreed that if I tried to redeem the saplings while they're attached to the ground, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? You redeem them, but then they automatically become kodesh again. Right? You can't, in other words, you can't redeem them when they're attached to the ground. They're, they're stuck in a cycle of kedusha. Just like most of us are stuck in a cycle of Kiddusha, right? I'm Kaddush, I'm not Kaddush, I'm Kaddush, I'm not Kaddush. They're stuck in a cycle of Kiddusha. So you try to redeem them, they become holy again. What was the Machlokes? Now I cut them down. Now I cut them down. So I both say, this was the Machlokes. So ultimately, again, so ultimately, Barpados says, when you cut it down, the saplings still have their Kiddusha. So therefore what? You have to redeem them. You have to redeem them. Ula said, no, once you cut it down, then what? The Kiddusha is gone. So if you remember again, this was phrased, the Machlokas was phrased as Paka Kiddusha B'Kiddi. Does Kiddusha just go away by itself? Is it possible for Kiddusha just to go away by itself? Or does Kiddusha always require some type of process in order to remove it? In that, there's a sub-Machlokas. What's a sub-Machlokas? Well, there are different types of Kiddusha. Right? What are the different types of Kiddusha? Right? There's Kiddusha Saguf and Kiddusha Domin. There's physical sanctity and financial sanctity. So what we've also seen is, even if you hold that Kiddushas Domin, maybe Kiddushas Domin goes away by itself. Maybe financial sanctity could just like evaporate and disappear. But physical sanctity, Kiddushas Haguf, so according to some, so that will remain. So two real, two, two kind of concurrent machloks and parallel machloks and going on over here. So with that, let's go. Says the Gemara, Yosef Rabbi Abin Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Kamed Rabbi Yermia. So it was Rabbi Abi and Rabbi Yitzchak. We're sitting before Rabbi Yirmiyah. The Kamenam named Rabbi Yirmiyah. And Rabbi Yirmiyah was dozing. Was dozing. And I was saying, you ever wonder to yourself, like, why does the Gemara have to include that detail? Right? In other words, okay, Rabbi Yirmiyah was dozing. Right? Why? Like, why, why preserve that for all eternity? Right? In, in, in the Dabim of Gemara for Klav So So I was saying, so I, I, I've often thought that I think it's a very validating thing to recognize that at sometimes, right, even, even the greatest people, right, even the greatest people, a little bit more checked in, a little bit more checked out, it happens. You know, sometimes we, we have like such a high expectation of ourselves that we're always supposed to be tuned in all of the time. And the truth is, it's not really possible. No, no one's always tuned in all of the time. See, Rabbi Yermia, okay, he's dozing a little bit. He's dozing a little bit. So what happens? So Yossi the Amri Lebar Pada. So I will say, they, they were sitting and they said the following. The Barpada, the Amr Padan, Chosos Vakosha. So we'll say now, Barpada's position is a twofold position. Number one, if you try to redeem the saplings while they're attached to the ground, they become Kadosh again. That's part one. Part two of Parpada is even after you go ahead and you cut the saplings down, what happens? They're still Kadosh, and you still have to, and you have to go ahead and redeem them. 
So Tivshot, top of Lamed, Tivshot, by Raboshia. So we'll say, based on Barpada's position, we should be able to answer a question of Raboshia. What did Raboshia say? This is interesting. Hanosin shte prutos liisha. Va'amarla, man gives two prutos, two prutos to a woman, and he says, Ba'achos hiskachili hayom, u ba'achos hiskachili la'achar she'egar shecha. So he says to her, become Mikudashas to me with one of them today, and then after I divorce you, after I divorce you, become Mikudashas to me with the second one. All right, why, why, why is someone, tax, tax purposes, right? It's end of year, I need a dependent, right? I need whatever, so whatever it is. You're right? I got that? All right, it was very good. Right, so, say, so, so ultimately, again, whatever the Mitzvah says, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. But Lemaisa, what he's saying is, here's a pruta for Kedushan today, and then when I divorce you, this second pruta ultimately, again, should make you Mikudashas to me. Hachinami dahavi Kedushay. So I will say, based on Barpada's position, this case should actually work. Should actually work. Now, what's the comparison? I will say, so if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Rashi says, actually, first, yeah, take a look at Rashi, then we'll look at the Rams. Rashi says, Tap Rashi, Tifshot the Bay Raboshia, Hakanam Bilabikidushin, the Chi Hechi, the Hassam Amrla, La Achar Shegar Shecha, Yot Shiyatsam Yershuso. Then I will say, what's the novelty in this case? The novelty in this case is he's marrying her, he's already, he's already explaining he's going to divorce her, and now he wants that second Pruta to make her, to make her his wife after she has left his rishos. So remember, divorce, the wife leave the husband rishos, and then ultimately, again, that second pruta shall bring you back. So, This is similar to the case of the saplings, after the saplings, ultimately, again, are cut down, they've also, so to speak, left their rishos. After the saplings are cut down, remember again, in our case in Mishnah, after the saplings are cut down, they also go ahead and leave the rishos. Whose rishos do they leave? The rishos of hektish. Because remember again, I was only maktish them as long as they stood attached to the ground. And yet what? The matzrich lehu pedia. So you see something very interesting. Even once the saplings are cut down, and they leave the rishos of hektish, they're still somewhat in the rishos of hektish. What's the raya to that? The fact that they still need redemption Indicates that they're still in the shows of, of Hektish. So Traboshia says, if a man says to him, come Kudashas me with this pruta, and then I'm gonna divorce you, and then ultimately, which means again, you're gonna leave my rishos, and then the second pruta should affect the second kiddushin, that case should work as well. Because you see that even when something leaves your rishos, there is still the ability to retain some level of connection. So they're having this, they're having this conversation, and what happens? Iterbuhu Rabyamiya. Rabyamiya woke up. They woke up. They both say, watch the godless in this. Rabbi Yirmiya woke up and he said, Amr lo my kamadison, pedan hu, le pedan achen. Why are you comparing the cases? One is a case, ultimately again, where, quote unquote, the owner himself redeemed it. And one is a case of where someone else redeemed it. I will say, before we explain that, how incredible is it to be the kind of person who immediately upon waking up from your dozing is able to go ahead and connect right back into Torah? See, they both say, what that shows is that there are some people that even when they are asleep, still remain spiritually connected. See, that, that's the godlessness. The way we often work throughout life is we have different states, different states of being. There are times in which I'm spiritually connected and times in which I'm disconnected. I don't mean disconnected because I'm doing anything bad. I'm just, I'm just not tuned in. 
I'm just not tuned in. I'm doing whatever else I'm doing in life. And then I tune back in and then I tune back out. And then there are some people who just constantly and consistently maintain a, spa- a state of spiritual connectedness. So I said, how do you know? How do I know which category I fall into? So there's a couple of different ways. Number one, it's always interesting to see what do I dream about? Right? In other words, like, like in my subconscious side, like what do I dream about? What are, what are the things that swirl around my mind right, when, I'm, when I'm not conscious? Because right? what you dream about says a lot about what you think about during the day and kind of what your priority system is. And when you get up, when you get up, kind of what's your first orientation? What's your first orientation? I had someone who came to me the other day, and then we really have to get back to the doctor. Yeah. I had someone who came to me the other day, and he said something so amazing. He said, I said, I'm having a real problem. He's like, I find myself, the halacha is, you're not supposed to go ahead and think about Torah in the bathroom. Just like you're not supposed to think about Torah when you wake up in the morning, before reciting Birchas HaTorah. It's actually, that's a machlokas, not before Birchas HaTorah, but Lema is not in the bathroom. And he said, like, it's hard, because like, I'm learning, and then I'm running to the bathroom. I stopped, I said, I am just so jealous of you, right? Mamish, if that's your problem, that's your problem, right? That you can't shut off the Torah faucet, right? That, that's, that's the problem. So like, to, that, that's a Rabbi that, like, that's Rabbi Yirmiyah. That's Rabbi Yirmiyah. So Rabbi Yirmiyah, again, he's dosing, he's dosing at the beginning of his story, but when, right, right, when it kind of like he comes to, he's right in. He's right in. See, but I was like, that's, that's what we're aiming for. Not, not to doze during shir, that's not what I mean. Right, but right, what we're aiming for, I was like, is like that state of connection that I'm, I'm always connected, sometimes again actively connected, sometimes passively connected, but that connection is always there. In any event, Rabbi Yirmiyo wakes up and he says, you're comparing apples and oranges. One case is Pada'anhu, right? The, the case of the Mishnah is where I, the owner of the saplings, right, who, who made the nether, is also trying to redeem them. So if I try to redeem it, this is why they're still attached to the ground, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. As opposed to Pada'an Acherim. Shabbos said, this is very interesting. Padam Acherim means, if someone else were to come along and try to redeem my saplings, it would work. It would work. Take a look at the Ran for just a moment. Actually, Shabbos said, before you look at the Ran, before you look at the Ran, look at the Rush. I know there's a lot, a lot of commentaries in the Dharam. Shabbos said, the Rush is in the right-hand column in the lines that look so small, looks like you're not supposed to read it, but you're actually supposed to read it. Right? So the, the Rush says, my kamedisu, my it's right, right in the middle of the paragraph. My kamedisu, padon hu padon acherim, padon hu yochalachasnos the chishiyifteim v'yu birshu, so shiach shrivikachu. Aba padon acherim, ein biyado lachasnos amash shebiyad acherim. See, I was like, when I go ahead and I make a neder, that these saplings should be like a carbon until I cut them down. What I'm saying is, even if I try to redeem them, I can't redeem them. They're a carbon. They're in a state of carbon until they are cut down. And similarly, again, going with the idea of Bhairpada, even once they're cut down, that Kiddusha remains. If another person were to come along and redeem those stalks, that would work. Why would it work? Because they're not bound by the nether cycle that I have created. So therefore, Abiyamiya says the same thing applies with the Isha. 
The Isha is a separate entity, right? She's a separate entity. And therefore, again, technically speaking, the second pruta could work because I am not the one involved in creating the cycle. Look at the run for just a moment. Lo shana elo shepadam hu, second wide line. Techeva depadam hu, uli olam lo yatsu netiyos, halolo mirshus hekdish, o mirshuso, din hu shichos vos fikachos. In the case of the sapling, I'm trying to redeem them while they're still attached to the ground. Well, I can't redeem them. Why can't I redeem them? Because I, I created the cycle. So because I created the cycle, there is no way to break it. Aval, pedoim achirim afilu hechnisam acharkach l'rshuso, ain chos ros v'kachos, l'fish shemiyat shepedom achirim nistalik rshus v'aylam harishon mehen. But I will say, if someone else comes along to go ahead and, someone else comes along to go ahead and redeem the samplings, they can. Why? Why? Because they're not stuck in my created cycle. Kevanda, he shaiti, efshalahakdish, yachalem. Fine. So we'll say, so therefore again, and the Ran says, one more Ran, vishinami, kepadua achirim damya. And a woman also, the case of the woman, the case of the marriage case, the two prutos, ultimately is a case of like someone who's been redeemed by someone else. Meaning what? Ultimately, again, once she gets divorced, she leaves her husband's domain, she comes into her own, and therefore, and therefore, again, ultimately, the second Kiddushin will not take effect. So I will say, what the Iran is introducing here is something very interesting, which is this idea. So let's go back just for a moment to bring it all together. Okay, so this idea that the Mishnah said, I planted saplings, and I said, as long as these saplings are attached to the ground, they're Kodesh. So what's the halacha? If I try to redeem them while they're attached to the ground, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Can't do it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If someone else were to come along and redeem them, it would work. It would work. Why? Because since I created this nether cycle, I can't extricate myself. I'm bound by the reality I created. Someone else is not bound by that reality, and therefore they could come along and actually redeem it. An incredible qualification is... I will say, by the way, what a profound Musrahas skill as well, right? Sometimes there are realities or, or like cyclical realities, cycles, right? That we create for ourselves that we cannot get ourselves out of. And sometimes what you need in those situations is someone else outside of you to help extricate you from your self-created reality. It's the Chazantel Kobis. The person incarcerated in jail often cannot get himself out of the cell. I, the door's right there. The door's right there. I'm just too fatumal. I'm just, I'm just too overwhelmed by my circumstances. I can't get out. It's an, incre- just an, it's just an incredible metaphor. Right? I create a reality. I create a reality. And often I can't break that cycle. I can't get out of that reality. But amazingly enough, someone else can. And sometimes that someone else could be the one outside of me, could be the one who helped me break that cycle as well. So the Gemara goes back. The Gemara says, ha, So the Gemara says, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. So the Gemara says, Good. Hachem Rabbi Yochanan, Padanu, Cholzros to Kachos. Rabbi Yochanan says, You're right. This is why, in the case of the saplings, if I try to redeem them, ultimately, again, they just become Kodesh again. Padam Achirin, someone else tries to redeem them, and Cholzros to Kachos. Ultimately, again, they do not become Kodesh again. The Isha, the case of the woman is like a case of where someone else goes ahead and is said, By the way, the case of the two prutos doesn't work. Right? The case of the two prutos doesn't work. 
Because again, I say to a woman, I go to a woman, fine. And here's a second pruta for when after I divorce you, will become a kudashas again. It doesn't work. Why? Because once there's gerushin, once there's divorce, she's her own person. Therefore, that second pruta has no power to bring her back in. So too, the Gemara says in the case of the saplings, I made the hectish. Because I made the hectish, I can't break the cycle that I myself created. But someone else can come in and absolutely redeem it. We'll say that Allah is this, this idea of the inability to redeem the saplings only applies when I devour would try to redeem it. But ultimately, again, if someone else comes to try to redeem the saplings, the redemption worked, and the saplings do not become Kodesh. So Rebbe say, that's the end of the sugya. How do we pass in Allah? So Rebbe say, so there are two questions we need to ask ourselves, right? Question number one, and let's really focus ourselves on the second case in the Mishnah. I plant saplings, I, plant, uh, there are sa- I own saplings, and I say, these saplings should be like a carbon until I cut them down. So I cut them down. So we have two questions, right? They're both saying, what's question number one? Question number one now is, I decide I want to redeem them from Kodesh. So question number one is, can I do that? Can I, the owner of the saplings, do that? Question number two is, after I go ahead and what? After I go ahead and cut them down, then what? Do they need pedyon? In other words, is there still a Kedusha status attached to it? And therefore it needs redemption? Or Kedusha Paka Bikidi? Once you cut it down, ultimately the Kedusha simply evaporates. So Rebbe comes to Rambam. Where would it be without the Rambam? So Rambam writes, Rebbe Seh, Hilchos Mi'ilah, Halokha Dalid Parik Yudalif. Here we go. Ready? Aval. Im Amar Hari Netiyos Eilu Karbon Adshi Katsetsu. If I say these Netiyos should be a Karbon until I go ahead and cut them down, Eno Yochol Lifdosam. You cannot redeem them. You cannot redeem them. Why? Shebechol Eitz Sheipodum. Yachzeru hektish, right? Because again, every time I redeem it, what happens? There's a cycle. It just becomes hektish again. Okay, so we'll say, so that's halacha number one. So halacha number one is if you make it hektish, right? You make it like the carbon falls cut down, you cannot redeem it. If you try to redeem it, it just simply becomes kodesh again. Here we go. The keva shenitzitzu. However, again, I will say, halacha lemaisa, once you cut it down, enon tzrichin pedyon. They do not require any additional redemption. So do we paskin like? We pass in like Ula, that Kiddusha Paka Bikidi. Kiddusha goes away by itself. So once you cut it down, there is no pidyon that is necessary. Kiddusha Paka Bikidi. Now, by the way, the, the Rambam writes, When is this so? That if you try to redeem it while it's standing, it doesn't work. It's very interesting. If someone else redeems it while they're still standing, ultimately that works. And once someone else goes ahead and redeems it, it becomes permitted even to me, the person who made the vows. Therefore, I'll say, this is why I pass halach lamaisa. So while it's attached to the ground, you can't be pulled it. If you are pulled it, it just becomes kodesh again. Once it's cut down, once it's cut down, the kedusha simply evaporates, dissipates. We pass in like ula kedusha. Paka Bikidi. That was, I think, something really beautiful. So remember, again, this is a case of Kiddushas Domim. Like this case of Kiddushas Domim. This is financial sanctity. So what the Rambam is saying is that Kiddushas Domim is Paka Bikidi. just goes away by itself. What about Kiddushas Aguf? What about physical sanctity? What happens with that? So the truth is, I've also listened to this. I'll t- share you something very beautiful in the name of the Imre Emes, the Ge'er Rebbe. 
So the Rebbe says, listen to this. He says, we paskin, Kiddushas haguf lo paka bikidi. Right? Physical sanctity does not go by itself. The truth is, that's how the Ramah paskins as well. That physical sanctity needs some type of redemption. But listen to the words of the Rebbe. He says, Efshel lahabi raya, mida amra Torah, va'acher yishteh hanazir yayin. The Torah, when speaking about a Nazir, says like this, that after the Nazir finishes his Nazarite vow, right, afterwards the Nazir could drink wine. And the Rebbe says something amazing. So remember again, this is talking about a guy who's already gone through the duration of his Nazirus, already brought his concluding sacrifices, and yet the Rebbe says something amazing. I'll call Karaso HaTorah Nazir. So the say the Torah says, after everything, the Nazir could drink wine. Huh? A Nazir can't drink wine. Right? In other words, when after everything means he's finished the duration of his Nazirus, he's brought his Karbanos, the Nazirite vow is over. It should say, But it says, the Nazir could drink wine. Says the Imre Emes, what do you see from here? The Gera Rebbe says something so beautiful. He says, who's the Nazir? A Nazir. Torah calls the Nazir a Kadosh. I also calls him a Chote, but calls him a Kadosh. Calls him a Kadosh. He's holy. The Rebbe says, because once you amass physical sanctity, that never leaves you. That never leaves you. Kedusha lo paka bikidi, bikidushas haguf. Rebbe will say, what a profound idea. Financial sanctity could simply evaporate. But kedushas haguf, physical sanctity, that remains with you forever. The Nazir is forever called the Nazir, even after, even after his Nadir and Nazir Zohar. Almost like, Dimir is teaching us such a givalki yisod. He already saying, saying that if I do things in life that earn me Kiddushas Hagov, I put on tefillin, I have Kiddushas Hagov. I learn Torah, I have Kiddushas Hagov. I do chesed, anything I have to do with my body, by definition, endows with Kiddushas Hagov. You know what that means? See, I will say, sometimes, what do we, how do we think in life? Okay, I put on tefillin, I learn Dachyomi. And then what happens? Then I'm going to go home today, I'm going to run a Ponzi scheme. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to say that. I'm going to run a Ponzi scheme. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know what, this guy from FTX, you know, I, I don't know, it looks like a schlump. Right? And it's incredible. And somehow, how does anyone trust their money with someone who can't put on a suit? I don't understand. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, right? So I decide, I decide that, that you know what, I'm going to do this. So I think I do something terrible. I do something terrible. Right? And now I think that what ends up happening is that terrible thing wipes out all of the Kiddusha that I've acquired up until this point. Gemara tells us, not true. Kiddusha no paka bikidi. Kiddusha salguf doesn't go anywhere. Once you've earned it, it's yours for eternity. Once you've earned it, there's nothing you could do, no matter the most heinous avera, that could wipe that out. I have to, I have an, I have to, I have, there's an accounting for my averas. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. But Lamais, at the end of the day, not, once you have that Kiddusha Sagov, that's right. And I will say, by the way, we have to give it to the dab. But understand, it's that idea, that concept, that Kiddusha Sagov Lopaka Bekidi, that's the foundation stone for Chuva. Why is Chuva possible? I've done so many bad things in my life. And the truth is, the bad things eclipse the good things. How is Chuva possible? Chuva is possible. Because the Kedushas Haguf I've acquired over the journey of life, it, it never leaves. No matter how many terrible things. So that means by definition, I, I am vested with this spiritual goodness that doesn't leave me, that is always a part of me. 
That's why tshuva is possible. So that's how we paskin halacha lemaisa and hashkafa lemaisa. So again, halacha lemaisa, kedushas damin paka begidi. Financial sanctity could just evaporate. Kedushas haguf halacha lemaisa doesn't evaporate. It's kiyon and hashkafa lemaisa. Whatever kedushas haguf you acquire, emirz Hashem is yours forever. Let's go back to Bosei Mishnah. Mishnah no demiyar diayam. Great cases. Again, I'm also the rest of the daf moves quickly. Yeah, maybe. I know that Miyardayam. Guy makes a nether. I'm not going to get any benefit from anyone who travels on the sea. Yardayam. Literally, he's like, oh, look, someone travels by sea. So what's that? Okay, so you can't, you can't get benefits from sailors, right? You can't get benefit from people who travel by sea. But you can get benefit from land dwellers. Miyardayabasha. So, okay, Miyardayabasha. Let's say I make a nether. I will not get any benefit from anyone who lives on land. Asr Miyardayam. So you can't get benefit. So, I'm sorry. Miyardayabasha. I'm sorry, right there. Hanun Yardayam Mutam Yoshayabasha. Um Yoshayabasha, Asum Yardayam Shiyardayam Bichal Yoshayabasha. Now this is interesting. If I, so we'll say, if I make a net that I'm not going to get benefit from sailors, I can get benefit from land dwellers. But if I make a net that I'm not going to get benefit from land dwellers, I can't get benefit from land dwellers and sailors. Why? Because even sailors ultimately come back on land. Yoshayabasha includes everyone. Includes everyone. And we're not talking about people who just like take a short boat trip from Akko to Yafo, but rather Yarde Hayam really refers to people who go out on the open seas. So we'll say, we're going to see, it's not clear what that last line is attached to. So here we go. Says the Gemara. Two different opinions as to how to read that last line of the Mishnah. Is the last line of the Mishnah modifying the Reisha, or is it modifying the Seifa? See, here we go. Mandatani Areshna, Reisha, so the opinion that says that the last line modifies the Reisha, Masni Hachi, learns as follows. Here we go. Both say, last line, Lamed Amadalif. Hanoder, Miyar Dehayam, person makes a that I'm not going to get any benefit from sailors. Mutter Biyoshveyabasha. He is permitted to get benefit from land dwellers. Fine. So, Ha Biyar Dehayam Asa. But to be clear, you can't get benefit from sailors. I now comes the last line of the Mishnah. By the way, what's the definition of a sailor? And by the way, when you make a nether net, not to get hana from sailors. What's a sailor about? Sailor is not the guy who takes his rowboat, you know, from Ayako, from, from Yafo to Ako. Sailor is someone who what? Goes out on the great seas, on the open seas. So again, that's the first understanding. That even if you make a nether, not to get benefit from sailors, ultimately, again, that's refer- what's, what's the definition of a sailor? So the Mishnah defines what it's not. It's not the guy who takes his little boat out from Ako to Yafo. From Ako to Yafo, we'll say, remember again, if you go from Akko, how do you go from Akko to Yafo? Yafo to Akko? You just hug the coastline. That's the idea over here. So apparently, again, the Gemara says it's not real sailing if you're not, right? If you're hugging the coastline. The I'm sorry? Like water taxis, right, 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 right. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're the Hayam, right, if you go on the water taxi, that's true. Yeah. The truth is, it's more dangerous just to go downtown than to take the water taxi. Yeah. So, in any event, so, so, the, uh, so, the, so the Mishnah says as follows. Right? So ultimately, again, so according to that approach, it's modifying what Yardi Hayam. Next, Uman de Masni Asifa, Masni And the one who says the last part of the Mishnah is going on the Seifa understands it as follows. Hanoder miyod miyoshveya basha, asr biyardi hayam. 
Shabbos say, if a person makes a nether, I'm not going to get any benefit from land dwellers. Now remember again, if you're not going to get any benefit from land dwellers, who does that include? Who does that include? Everyone, right? It includes ultimately, again, land dwellers and sailors. Because at the, at the end of the day, everyone is called a land dweller. He says, Now, lest you think it only applies to those sailors who really hug the coastline, like from Akutiafa, but maybe like real sailors who maybe even spend the most of their lives on the open seas, maybe they're not covered by Osha Yabasha. Rather, again, I will say, again, if you make an edra against Yoshevei Yabasha, it even applies to sailors who travel on the open seas. Why? Because at some point in time, they're coming back online. You make an edra not to go ahead and get benefit from sailors. You can't get benefit from sailors, but you can get benefit from land dwellers. You make an edra not to go ahead and make, a, you make an edra not to get benefit from land dwellers. That includes everyone, including sailors. Beautiful. Mishnah. Hanoder meiroe hachamo. It's very interesting. Well, so let's say a person makes a nether, I'm not going to get benefit from anyone who sees the sun. So, he's not allowed to get benefit even from someone who's blind. Why? Well, so, but he said anyone who sees the sun is talking about sight. Because we'll say, what does he mean when he says for people who see the sun? Or right, for he means really for people who are seen by the sun. In other words, he doesn't really refer to people who see the sun, but people who are seen by the sun. So the Gemara says, my time, which, well, so by the way, who are the people seen by the sun? Who are those people? Pashas everyone. My time, midloka amar min haroin lafuke dagin vubrum. So I was like, because again, he could have said rowin, right? Could, if he was talking, if he was just making a nether about sighted people, he could have just said, I will not get any benefit min haroin from people who see. The fact that he phrased it as roe hachamo refers ultimately again to people who are seen by the sun, people. So what does it come to exclude? I will say, remember again, whenever you're making a target, whenever you're making a nether, the assumption is you're including something, excluding something. So roe hachamo seems to include everyone who's not included. Dogim v'obrim. Who's not included, Rabbi Osai? Ultimately, not include a fish, live underneath the water, not seen by the sun, and obrim, a fetus. A fetus. Rabbi Osai, We'll see the fetus thing could come up actually interestingly enough in cases of Mekah Memkar, in cases of, of, of monetary law when you're buying a pregnant animal. So that could actually come up. We'll actually see some cases like that later on in the Masechta. Says the Mishnah, another interesting case. I take another that I will not get any benefit from from people with a dark head. Dark head. You are even prohibited to get benefit from bald people. Now we'll say, sounds like Dark-haired people. I'm not going to get any benefit from dark-haired people. All right. Mishnah says you can't even get benefit from bald people. Furthermore, Ubali Sebo, so old people. What is it mean, old people? Someone with white hair. White hair or non-black hair. Umutter. So we'll say, so what it sounds like over here is if I make a nether not to get benefit from, from dark-haired people, it sounds like what the Mishnah is saying is that includes all people. All people. Who does it, who, who does it exclude? It doesn't, so it excludes women, and children. So we'll say, interestingly enough, dark hair people is a reference to men. We'll say, one of the concepts we're going to be introduced to today, we've seen it already in passing, but this is the primary topic of these, of these Mishnayis, is We'll say, in general, the way Nidarim work is we go after the way people speak. So what the Mishnah is introducing us to is that the colloquial phrase, right? 
for men is Shkhoi Rosh. Shkhoi Rosh, one of the group of men, group of Shkhoi Rosh, dark-haired people. But that does that refers to men. They're men of all ages, right? Men of all hairlines or lack thereof, right? But again, who doesn't it include? Doesn't include women and children. It says in my time, because I will say, if I really just meant to make a nether against people who have hair, right? I would have said, I cannot get benefit from me. People with hair. Doesn't say that. Therefore, Shkhoi Rosh is a term that refers to men. So again, but I'm permitted to get benefit from women and children. My time, this is very interesting. Anoshim zimnin de mechsure shahu, ve zimnin de miglore shahu. So listen to this. Men, it was interesting. Men were the only group that sometimes had their head covered, sometimes had their head uncovered. Avanoshim li olo mechsu. So we'll say, obviously, the Gemara is also stating like a societal norm. Women always had their hair covered, always had their head, or not their head covered, their head covered. Okitanim li olam miglu. And children, children always had their head uncovered. So women always had their head covered. Children always had their head uncovered. There's, so therefore, also what that means is, if you're referring to women, you would refer to them as the group of people with the covered head. If you're referring to children, you would refer them to them as group with uncovered heads. Men can't be referred to in that way because sometimes they have covered heads, sometimes they have uncovered heads. Therefore, the way that men were colloquially referred to was shchore rosh. Dark-haired people. Dark-haired people. Therefore, if you make a nether not to get benefit from Shkhori Rosh, that applies to all men. Incredible. Here we go. Hanodim in ha'yilodim mutabinoladim. She will say, this is very interesting. If a person makes a nether not to get benefit min ha'yilodim. That will say, the way the Gemara's understanding over here is the word yilodim means people who were already born. So I make a nether not to get benefit from people who were already born. Mutabinoladim. I am permitted to get benefit from people who will be born. Right? Bin Aladdin, who will be born. Minhan Aladdin, but if I go ahead and make an ender not to get benefit from those people who will be born, Asr min Hayyilodin. I'm also Asr to people who were already born. Now, the logic seems to be is that the Lushan of Noladim really seems to encompass both. Yilodim only applies to people who are already born. Noladim seems to be a bit more encompassing. Meir says, no, 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 that's not true. Meir says that if you make an edim in Hanoladim, which refers to people who are going to be born in the future, that means you're permitted to go and get benefits from people who have already been born. The Chum, the Chum say, you're all wrong. When you use these Lashonos, ultimately, again, you're, you mean... I hereby prohibit myself to get benefit from people who are born in general. Now we'll see what that means. Says the Gemara, the Rabbi Meir, according to Rabbi Meir, ultimately again, if he doesn't have to write, if he's mutter, ultimately again from those who already were born, then at the end of the day, who does the nether asser him to? To which the Gemara says, you're right. There's a piece missing from the Mishnah, here's how you have to read the Mishnah. Hanoder min hayilodim. So said, let's just follow this through. Someone makes a nether not to get benefit from yilodim. Now again, yilodim means those who are already born. Mutter bin oladim. Will be mutter to get benefit from those who will be born. Min hanoladim. But if you make a nether that you can't get benefit. Ultimately again from those who will be born. Asr bi yilodim. You can get benefit from those who were already born. Rabbi Meir, Omer, Rabbi Meir says, no. Even one who makes a nether, 
not to get benefits from the no-ladin, which means, again, future-born, is even permitted to go ahead and get benefits from Yolodin. Why? Shabbos Rabbi Meir feels, be consistent, be consistent. The same way if you make a nether, not to get Hana from the Yolodin, you can get benefit from the no-ladin. So ultimately, if you make a nether, not to get benefit from the no-ladin, you can get benefit from the Yolodin. One second. Can we go back and talk about our terms for just a moment? Lememra, now the way, just to remember, how is the Gemara using these terms? Yelodim refers to those who were already born, and Nolodim refers to those who will be born, future. So Rapapa says to Abai, I don't understand. Lememra, Nolodim means will be born in the future? Is that, is that true? When Yaakov Avinu speaks to Yosef, speaking about Ephraim and Menashe, and he says, your children who were born to you in Egypt, is he talking about future times? Because Menashe and Ephraim were already born. So you see that Nolodim doesn't mean future will be born. Nolodim means what? We're already born. Rather, you're right. Nolodim means we're already born. So maybe he'll say when it says there will be a son born to the house of David, his son will be Yoshi, his name will be Yoshio. Does that also mean he was already born? It can't be, because Yoshio's father wasn't even born yet. So you see that what? Nola means future tense. You're right, you're right. Ultimately, again, Nolod, the boss say, could be used either way. Nolad could mean was born already or will be born in the future. So what we just said before. The entire point to this is Nolad in itself could be used to mean was born or will be born. In Nidarim, right, colloquially, how was Noladin used? Noladin was referred to those that will be born. The way people speak is ultimately, again, people say Yilodin refers to those who were already born. Nolodin ultimately, again, refers to those who will be born. Now, both sides come along the Chachamim, and the Chachamim totally disagree with Rabbi Meir, uh, with Rabbi, Rabbi Meir and the Tanakam. What do the Chachamim say? The Chachamim say, so the so the, so it's very interesting. The Chachamim seem to say that at the end of the day, whether you're saying yelodim, nolodim, it doesn't really matter. When you make a nedra like this, what what are you saying? What are you saying? You prohibit yourself from getting benefits from anyone who is born. Who is born? What does this mean? So the Gemara says, "Lafukemai." What does that mean? Anyone who's born, I can't get anything from anything is born. Isn't everything born? Says the Gemara, "Lafuke dogim baofos." comes to exclude fish and birds. Rebels said, meaning what? If you look at the round, the last one on the page, they lay eggs. So Rebels said, ultimately, again, interestingly enough, according to the Chachamim, if you make a nether not to get benefit from the Lodin or Yolodin, we're not talking about will be born, was born, we're talking about very simply things that are born live. Live birth. Life, so anything that's a live birth entity in this world, I can't get benefit from. As opposed to something that's born from an egg. So fish, birds, anything else born from an egg, I would be permitted to get benefit from. Also, the Rambam Pask is like the Chachamim, that if you make a nether like this, ultimately, again, min ha-noladin or min ha-yoldin, at the end of the day, halacha it really means you're not allowed to get benefit from anything born, a live birth. A live birth. 
was born, will be born, and comes to exclude those things that are not live birth, but rather, again, are hatched from an egg. Rabosai, shkoyach, we'll stop here. We'll use the last nine minutes. Mesilas Yisharim. Mesilas Yisharim.